Welcome to Stuff We Love Podcast. Hello, and welcome to the Stuff We Love Podcast. We thank you for joining us. I am Scott, and tonight I'm going to be with Neil and returning guest Josh. And we have a very exciting discussion for you planned, so kick back and relax and enjoy this episode. Uh, Neil, Josh, how are you doing tonight? We're doing great. Thanks for having us. Wonderful. Thank you. What are you, how are you doing? I'm doing okay, doing okay. What have you guys been up to while staying home? I always like to begin each episode by asking everyone what they've been doing, if they've been watching anything good or just uh, how they've been spending their time. So give me a couple of highlights here. Yeah, well, it's uh, it's been an adventure in my house uh, between uh, work and keeping the kids uh, keeping the kids busy. But you know, during the leisure time, been starting to uh, actually watch Mad Men. So just a few years behind on that. So began that uh, probably a, a couple weeks ago and actually heard recently that it'll be removed from Netflix after a multi-year run. So it sounds like my timing wasn't the best. No. Are you rushing to finish it? Uh, I'm looking to make as much progress as I possibly can in a short window. You're going to chain yourself to the uh, Netflix headquarters, <laughs> begging them for just a few more weeks. Exactly. So yeah, my timing wasn't great there. And you know, other than that, eagerly awaiting news from a lot of the sports leagues. Yeah. So along those lines, we have uh, NBA coming back to Walt Disney World, Major League Soccer coming to Walt Disney World, and the NHL coming back. But as of this recording, and we're doing this on June 5th, baseball still is very much up in the air. It's really not clear what's going to happen. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me if there's no season at all this year, which is very frustrating. Yeah, you know, it it wouldn't feel like summer without baseball, but unfortunately with a lot of the news that's out there, it seems like that might be something that we need to come to terms with. Yeah. I was watching, I was driving by a baseball field the other day and there were two people having catch. And I thought to myself, that's the closest I'm getting to baseball all summer. <laughs> that, and, that and T-ball in my backyard with my son at this point. Oh yeah, that's, that's true. I could, I could buy tickets for that. <laughs> <laughs> Neil, what have you been up to? A lot of uh, just watching random shows, even shows I have no interest in sometimes. Uh, uh, but one show that I love and the new season is coming out in a couple weeks here is Yellowstone. So I'm really excited for that to uh, to come back. It's, it's interesting because you watch so many shows on streaming now that when there's a show that isn't streaming, you sort of get so antsy waiting for the next episode. Yet at the same time, it, it actually serves a purpose during this quarantine because it gives you something to look forward to and sort of a schedule in the midst of a life without the schedule of normalcy right now. So it's a nice balancing act to sort of binge watching something to have something to look forward to on a weekly basis, except for when the show ends, you're like, well, that's over now. And uh, we, we have the rest of quarantine to go until we see, uh, to, to, to see that again, or even, even when things start to open, but not having the full normalcy. Well, honestly, I think good. You know, that's why uh, The Last Dance, the Michael Jordan documentary, I felt like was such a communal experience for, you know, a bunch of weeks there. There was just so much anticipation on a week to week basis in between the episodes yeah. um, that, you know, it just felt like it was, uh, you know, gaining momentum as it went along. And it was because you had to wait. You couldn't just watch all 10 episodes back to back. Absolutely. Right. For tonight's episode, we have something very special planned, and it was Josh's idea. And we think that all of you theme park fans out there are really going to like it. So I'm going to turn it over to Josh now to give us an overview of what it is that he came up with. And then we're going to begin the main segment of tonight's episode. So, Josh, take it away. All right. So, you know, Neil and I were chatting the other day, just kind of catching up. 
Um, and uh, I think I may have mentioned that um, that I was watching Back to the Future. And uh, you know, in the conversation, we started to get a little bit nostalgic for the old uh, Back to the Future ride at Universal. Um, we started talking, I think, maybe a little bit about the, the E.T. ride. Um, and you know, while we were talking about that, something dawned on me. You know, I had my first Halloween Horror Nights experience um, back uh, in the late summer this past year. Um, and I was started thinking, you know, what if you could use the, uh, the house format for movies that may not be horror related? Um, so really any movie um, that you could almost step into and, and, you know, become immersed in a world that was, um, you know, part of that movie. And so and Neil and I were just kind of joking and started playing around with that idea. Um, and all of a sudden we thought, you know, that could make for a really fun podcast, uh, you know, given we're in the middle of quarantine, there's not a ton going on right now. So we thought, what if we brainstormed a bit and tried to think of what our favorite houses could be um, in the Halloween Horror Nights essence, um, but not necessarily horror related. Mm-hmm. I thought that was a great idea because like you said, Josh, we're all stuck at home for the most part. I mean, Universal is now back open, but the reality is most people are still staying home. And I find thinking about theme park stuff and following theme park news to be a very good distraction and a lot of fun. And this year with Halloween Horror Nights, normally at this point in time, we'd have a full slate of announcements and there's nothing that's been announced. We don't even know whether or not it's going to take place this year. And even if it takes place, who's going to go and what the rules are going to be. And also so I think this is a, it takes to prepare for it. Uh, we, we don't yeah. know exactly if that's ongoing right now. Yeah. And it's interesting because even though Universal Orlando opened up and some of the coverage that I've seen – no one's really commented on whether or not they saw any structures that were built that could accommodate Horror Nights houses. Normally, you may be able to see things under construction. Nobody really commented on that. So, so I would say, you know, given given that lack of news on uh, on the Halloween Horror Nights front, you know, we thought, why not, you know, come up with some fun ideas and uh, and you know, potentially uh, give Universal some ideas for uh, for future events. Yeah, no, I think that's really great and and a lot of fun to think about and brainstorm about. So um, I guess with that being said, Josh, you are the creator of this idea and our special returning guest tonight. So I'm going to turn it over to you to lead us off. What is your first suggestion tonight? All right. So I thought long and hard about this. And rather than, you know, going three, two and then one, I'm, I'm just leading off with for me, the number one movie that I would want to step into and immerse myself in. Okay. Um, you know, this has been ever since I was a little kid, and honestly, um, nothing has changed here. But for me, it's it's actually going to be Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. There goes my um, – <laughs> I, I had that too. I'm going to have to – that's okay, though. That's okay. That's good. Good. No, keep going with that because I'll, I'll comment on it. So please – yeah, so you know, and and we can we can go up at this one uh, in a joint way, but there's just something so whimsical and so magical about so many of the scenes from that movie that yeah, I think we've all stopped and imagined at some point, you know, that that giant room, the chocolate world, where you're first introduced to the Oompa Loompas, you know, seeing that would just be an, an absolutely incredible sight. The colors, you know, the vibrancy of that, the smells. Uh, you know, all of that would just be incredible. And so, you know, when I thought about the movie, there were just a couple of, you know, iconic, not even necessarily scenes, but images from that movie that came to mind. So, mm -hmm. you know, the first is, you know, that house that, uh, that Charlie grows up in with, uh, you know, the, the large bed for all four grandparents together, sleeping head to toe. 
um, and, and just sort of, uh, you know, how small that is and, and just kind of pass through there. The next, I was thinking about some of those chocolate shops with all mm-hmm. the chocolate bars kind of lined up against the wall. Um, then obviously transitioning into the factory itself, the chocolate world with the Oompa Loompas, um, the various innovation rooms. And then, you know, lastly, you know, the glass elevator and, you know, stepping into something like that and, and, and being able to see out. So, you know, a lot of magical scenes from that movie. Yeah. And when you uh, had this idea in mind, were you thinking of the Gene Wilder version, not the Johnny Depp version? Yes. Yeah, I understand that because I, I, I was, too. Uh, and, you know, it's interesting because when we think about the Halloween Horror Nights mazes or homes that you go through, you get quick little snippets of the movie. So, for example, in the Ghostbusters house last year, you saw when you go into one room, that's a scene right then and there. You get a quick taste of it. Then you go to another scene. And I like the way you described it because it is very much what I had in mind. You could start in Charlie's house. There could be images of him dancing with his grandpa, singing to um, any, you know, singing to a song. I've got a golden ticket, that type of yeah. thing. Then you go to uh, the candy store. You could hear snippets of song Candyman and just the room alone where in the factory where they get to eat everything and explore that that room could be the whole exhibit or whole entertainment experience. And that would be sufficient. Right. So that chocolate river, the chocolate river pipe in the smells of chocolate into the the house. It was pretty incredible. And my favorite, uh, one of my favorite scenes, the the boat ride, would be a great scene in there. Uh, that would be a little, a little Halloween horror nights, I bet, with the preparation for for that scene. Uh, which I'll, and it's so great. That's such a great uh, house. Um, also, because the music could help tell the story and utilize the music to tell the story, uh, which would be just it's perfect. Yeah, and uh, something interesting is when I've been at CityWalk at Universal and I look at the building that houses the Toothsome Chocolate Factory. It reminds me of Willy Wonka's factory. Yeah. yeah. Its appearance is, is really awesome. Uh, that's a great choice. Uh, that's one of my favorite movies of all time. It never gets old. Each time I watch it, it just takes me back to childhood. And I love it now as much as I did when I was younger. So great, awesome choice, Josh. Good, good, good opening selection for our discussion this evening. Neil, what do you got? Well, before I get into the next house, um, I, I did have a couple notes that I would like to share, if that's possible. Yes, of course. And I could tell that's already of concern to the other podcast hosts as I get into that. But I think one thing is important to talk about uh, is that an issue with non-horror-related houses or zones would be that a key element will be missing, and that's fear. Um, and, and while it's Far too simple to say that Halloween Horror Nights is about haunted houses, haunted houses, because the production elements are, are so way beyond that. Um, there's uh, there's a key factor walking from one scene to the next, uh, and that's that constant element of fear. An actor will pop out and scream, sudden loud noises. You're not sure what to expect, and people like to go there because it's it's a, it's safe, and you could you know uh, you know feel that fear. That's, you know this the whole concept of what makes a haunted house appealing in some respects. Um, in a non-horror theme house, the guests will have, you know, completely different expectations. The pace will have to be different. Um, and, and I think there'll have to be a replacement element for the fear factor. And perhaps that's interaction on some level or, uh, an enhanced script telling the story. Uh, and I, I'm almost thinking in a way like great movie ride in some respects, uh, being incorporated into more of like a house, uh, you know, uh, situation. I could be wrong. It's just something that I would think about with the fear element going uh, not, not going, not going to be there. And, 
there, there's something else that I wanted to say also is that, um, you know, there, there's the concept of that a lot of the intellectual property that would be utilized is also being utilized in lands and certain attractions. So perhaps there are some movies that we want to incorporate on this list, but may not make sense. Like Disney probably, if they were to do something like this, wouldn't have Star Wars now after the Star Wars land. Universal, if they were to have a Harry Potter, it would be very, with so much Harry Potter, you know, attractions in the land itself, it may not make sense to include that. Uh, although they would make a, you know, if they didn't have those attractions available, um, it, it would be a perfect fit. And I guess movies like E.T. where there is an attraction, perhaps that gets into a little bit of, well, maybe you could have a house because they're it's a unique storyline throughout the ride and maybe if you go you know focus specifically on the movie as part of the house uh, for the house it's, it'll be a little bit different and of course it's very difficult taking away horror movies in general I, I there's so many horror movies that i'd want to have on the list um and i'm really excited for epic universe with the classic monsters land coming there um uh, so uh, so it's a balancing act but i'll go into the next um, there, there's one that's on the top of my list, but I know uh, Josh uh, uh, definitely have it on his list, and I'll actually wait for Josh to, to kick that one off. But uh, the, the, what I would like to add here is um, having a house based on Alfred Hitchcock movies. And, uh, you know, story is always a key element in anything related to these theme parks, uh, uh, like Disney Universal. So I was actually thinking that maybe instead of a standard scene-to-scene -scene progression, uh, you would have a combination of movies and an overall theme, uh, similar to like what they did with the Blumhouse house, uh, where you had the Purge, Happy Death Day, sort of all incorporated into one house. Um, uh, and, and I was thinking about uh, to when we were younger. Do you remember Alfred Hitchcock, The Art of Making Movies? It's also known as the yeah. Hitchcock and Hitchcock's 3D Theater. I think it was replaced by Shrek now, that area. But uh, it was an awesome uh, attraction where you basically um, – they, they incorporated all sorts of elements from Hitchcock movies, uh, from the birds uh, to uh, the recreation of uh, uh, the, the – they would have an element of like showing how they did the shower scene and Psycho and they'd have Bates Motel there um, and the house there. Uh, it, it was a really, really cool, cool uh, uh, attraction. Um, and I, I think it was – I think – Hitchcock movies still hold up well, and I think they could be included in this list because outside of Psycho and the Birds, uh, a lot of the movies it's not horror per se; it's it's uh, suspense uh, and, uh, and and just some classic movie scenes that I think would be great to be incorporated into a uh, uh, into uh, a house on some levels. I was thinking, of course, having Psycho um, on some element included, the bird scenes, just like I mentioned, whether it be. Uh, the birds in that, that the, the attic scene or by the phone booth and her running, the North by Northwest crop duster, the man who knew too much, the orchestra scene there, uh, rear window recreating the apartment and maybe recreating the scene where Grace Kelly goes across to try to get the key piece of evidence in the other apartment, um, the staircase in Notorious, uh, you know, the glass and milk scene in Suspicion. There's just so many uh, really cool scenes and exciting scenes that if you could include the story uh, and it, I think they would really play out well, and um, uh, it just uh, it, I just feel like and given the relationship between Hitchcock and Universal, which is what really was the basis for that attraction that I remember I just loved so much when you know when I was younger. Um, I, I just think that this would be a really exciting fit, and uh, it also could introduce Hitchcock to different audiences because there will just be elements that will be appealing and visually I bet for the creative team would be very really exciting to, to recreate and incorporate 
Yeah, you know, in a in a similar vein, I disqualified this idea because it wasn't a movie; it's a TV show. Um, but you know, another one that came to me to mind for me, similar to that, would be like a Black Mirror, um, with individual episodes standing up on their own. I could, you could actually see that as part of Halloween Horror Nights. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, but yeah, that you know, similar to that, just you know, scenes from various episodes or in your case, uh, you know, Hitchcock movies. Neil, that's a very good choice. I mean, Hitchcock, there's so many, like you, as you took us through all the movies there, it makes me realize how many choices you have when designing the house. And even if you chose, let's say seven to eight of those scenes or probably end up being more than that, there's such a big selection to choose from. And it's a type of thing that would work well if it was a Halloween horror nights house, but it doesn't have to be because a lot of those movies they're, they may have been scary when they came out, but the fear factor doesn't necessarily hold up all the way through to today. Um, yeah, I think that's a great choice. Uh, good, good selection. Uh, anything, anything to add before we uh, turn to my first one or no? Go for it, Scott. Okay, so even though nothing's been announced with regard to Halloween Horror Nights this year, one of the strong rumors floating around is that there's going to be something there related to the singer Billie Eilish. Uh, Now, Billie Eilish kind of has a Halloween horror-type aesthetic to her. In her music videos, they have horror concepts and so forth. But it got me thinking, well, what if there was a way to incorporate both music and movies into an experience like this? And the first thing that I wanted to mention tonight was the idea of having a Beatles-themed experience. Now, I've always thought, and I've talked to some people about this, I I thought a great idea for an attraction at Disney World would have been to have some type of virtual reality or simulation ride based in the Yellow Submarine. Uh, I thought that would have worked really well. And even a couple of years ago, Disney and Robert Zemeckis were very far along in getting to make a Yellow Submarine remake, but it fell apart. So that wouldn't have been as ridiculous as we might think. But it never happened. Somebody going through the Beatles experience at Universal would be able to have scenes in the Yellow Submarine with 3D glasses and psychedelic colors. I would think that would work really well. In a Hard Day's Night sequences, they could walk through concerts from the Beatles in 1964 where they could sort of be looking at the crowd from behind the Beatles and experience what that may have been like. All this time, I'm thinking of surround sound, so so, so noise coming coming at the audience from every which way. And then in Help... It's not as clear-cut what would be taken from that film, but there's a few musical performances in there which would work very well. And there's so many Beatles tribute bands and actors that could be used to portray them. I think that would be very good. And I could see this as a walkthrough attraction, and I could also kind of see it as being like a dark ride attraction where you're sitting in a slow-moving vehicle, and I think that uh, that's the type of thing that could work. Um, so that was my initial idea, and it would combine a couple of films with a famous musical act, and I think be extremely popular given the popularity of the Beatles. Um, that's my take on it. Gentlemen, what do you think? I, uh, I think we've seen uh, just this year at Halloween Horror Nights, the way they incorporated Rob Zombie's visions, right. musical visions into the scare zone, um, uh, for example. And I think it just works so well uh, you know, to, to be able to apply uh, a musician's concepts and uh, uh, and work into a, a concept like this and, and the Beatles that have such iconic visual uh, uh, 
imagery and, 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 and the music that's so beloved and so well known, I think it could be a, a terrific idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, people obviously just have such an emotional, emotional connection to the music that, you know, you could see something like that being an instant hit. Right. Yeah. I mean, just already off the bat between Willy Wonka, Hitchcock and Beatles, that's like a dream uh, day right there at the theme parks. Absolutely. Now we Josh, just need to do good. something uh, before, uh, after 1980. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, I, I have on my list coming up. Okay. All right. So, so, ahead, so my next one, it's uh, probably the movie that I would most like to step into, I would say. Um, and uh, for me, it, it would be Field of Dreams. Oh, I um, thought about that. Yeah, that's a good one. Josh, that's on my list. I can't believe you said that. <laughs> That's amazing. Well, if if I keep uh, having overlap with you guys, I'll, I'll know that some of these <laughs> ideas have validity. But um, you know, obviously, a number of iconic scenes from that movie. Um, you know, the first few that come to mind, right? You've got the farmhouse and just kind of looking out over the cornfield. If you build it, he will come. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, segueing into uh, scenes like. Uh, the one at Fenway where you hear go the distance in the background, um, moonlight Graham's office and sort of like that deserted kind of foggy street, um, that he's walking down. Um, and then, you know, probably most iconically obviously is, you know, the cornfield with the, with the black Sox players, you know, coming out, uh, you know, from the corn stalks, you know, it, uh, it would have to be one of those ones where you're, you know, potentially, you know, maybe it's partially indoors, partially outdoors, um, just to kind of have like the expanse of the, the field kind of thing. But, you know, just so many great moments in that movie. Um, and, uh, you know, definitely one that came to mind right away for me. I, I think, go ahead now. Uh, yeah, I am. Um, and also, the, I, I always get so emotional at that father and son catch. It's almost impossible to watch that movie without getting emotional at that last line. I could, and I, I can imagine having it recreated in, in a way where to have a type of emotional connection in a, in a theme park setting like this, I think would be really special, uh, a special uh, moment. Um, also, you know, if you, if you go using the Halloween Horror Nights concept, a lot of times one line or one piece of dialogue is utilized as you go from scene to scene. Field of Dreams would be, with some of the iconic lines, would really be uh, useful in recreating um, uh, uh, this film for this type of concept. Josh, I, this is on my list, and uh, I think it's a terrific idea, and, and 100% I would love to be able to immerse myself in this. And I think something that would work well with the Field of Dreams house is the ability to be at different positions on the ball field. So, like, there's a scene where, I guess, Kevin Costner pitches to Shoeless Joe, Ray Liotta. And, like, for that scene, you could be standing on the pitcher's mound behind Kevin Costner. So, looking at it from that perspective. And then in another scene, maybe towards the end where Moonlight Graham sacrifices his career and his youth to save Kevin Costner's daughter, you could be standing along the first baseline, just like happens in the movie where he, when he steps over the line, he loses, he loses his youth and becomes older. Uh, yep. There's a lot of great stuff that could be done with that movie. It's one of my favorite movies. Of we, all time. How about where they go to the stadium they, and they, you know, uh, James Earl Jones and Kevin Costner go to the ball game and they both hear it. Uh, right. That's another great, you know, moment to, to experience. 
Go the yeah. distance. Is that what the line is? Go the distance. That's it. That, yeah. That's it. <laughs> I've been meaning to watch that movie. I haven't watched that in a few years. I've been I've been meaning to revisit that. It, it's one of my favorites. Uh, it never gets old. Neil, what do you got next? So uh, this next movie uh, is also one of those movies that since I was a kid, I just wanted to completely immerse myself in, and I, I know. Both the other uh, podcast hosts here uh, would feel the uh, uh, exact same way as, as Back to the Future. There's so many reasons why this would be uh, such an ideal house or concept. And uh, what we were just mentioning, even just the, the concept of the one line or one small piece of dialogue, there's so uh, many lines like that. Um, you know, I mean, just save the clock tower, you know, where we're going, don't need roads, all these type of lines that people, I think, get a thrill experiencing. The scenes in there, the iconic scenes, just even the opening scene is so perfect. The speaker, the dog food machine, um, and then just being able to recreate Marty riding a skateboard on the back vehicles, the the mall parking lot, Hill Valley in the 50s, which I also think would make a great, the equivalent of a, not a scare zone, but like a zone uh, at an event. Um, uh, When Doc and Marty ran the test model, the Enchantment Under the Sea Dance, Earth Angel playing, and uh, obviously the lightning strike scene. There's just so many scenes that would be so exciting to go through, and you could really have this kind of unique pace and tempo throughout. Um, Great characters. and and, The music uh, as well, right? I mean, the the score, Mm -hmm. obviously Huey Lewis. Yeah, um, you know the, that's obviously a, another great component of this movie. The you know that score is uh, you hear that playing and you, you get chills. A- absolutely. Um, and then uh, you could have not just the score from the film, but the band that plays with Marty McFly, the Marvin Berry, Chuck's cousin, at the end. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Exactly. That's great. There's so many great scenes in that, and, and, and people I think would. They, they would almost know what to expect from scenes, but not know how it would be utilized in a concept like this. And I think people would really be excited and, and, and a lot of anticipation from one scene to the next. Uh, and, and you just know, based on the quality of Halloween Horror Nights, just, just how well Universal would be able to execute uh, a project like this. Yeah, it worked once with the, uh, with the ride, right? For yeah. A long time. So, I mean, why not? Why not give it another go? Absolutely. And especially like what we were talking about earlier, they don't have – I mean they have the DeLorean there and they have Doc coming out, but they don't have a any ride or anything like that. Uh, they have – you know, they recognize the movie throughout their park, but it's such a great intellectual property to, to utilize. Um, uh, this would be such a great, great way of doing that. Yeah. yeah. Scott, what's your next one? Well, I was just going to comment on Back to the Future for a second, yeah. which is that I, I thought about choosing this, and I didn't because I thought one of you guys would choose it. Uh, it's iconic in the world of Universal Studios. Even now, when you go on the Simpsons ride in the pre-show, there are these allusions to Back to the Future in the pre-ride videos. Uh, it's timeless. Many of the people that I talk to that are fans of Universal, they constantly cite the Back to the Future ride as something that makes them feel nostalgic and also help solidify their love of theme parks. I know that, Neil, for us, when we would go to the parks as kids, I have vivid memories of riding the Back to the Future attraction. And even now when I go on the Simpsons ride, which is located in the same spot that Back to the Future was in, just looking around brings back memories of that attraction. So I would love to see anything there dealing with Back to the Future. So for my next selection, 
I chose something that is currently in the park and has historically been in the park. And even though I love the way it is in the park now, I don't think it does the legacy of the film complete justice. And that's King Kong. And when you go on the King Kong attraction now, it's more sort of out of the Peter Jackson version of King Kong from a few years ago in terms of the way it looks and the storyline. What I envision for a house experience dealing with King Kong is something that takes you back to the original film, which is considered a horror film by many, and I see why, although I don't think of it as a horror film in the traditional way. But that would start with going to the island where King Kong is located. There could be scenes dealing with discovering him on the island and being in the landscape there, and then would ultimately end up where you're back in the back in New York City, like King Kong, where he's brought on stage as part of an attraction at a Broadway show, just like in the film. And then, of course, where he climbs the Empire State Building and everything that entails. And I could even see something like that being done with 3D glasses that could, if you're walking through, you look down and it looks like you're hanging off the Empire State Building with King Kong. I could see something like that being really cool. Uh, so, so I, I think that what's there now is, is great. I love riding the King Kong attraction. I'm often amazed at how immersive it is, but to me, it's not the full King Kong story. And I think there's something that could be done with that film in a plan like this. Uh, guys, what do you think about King Kong? The ride there now, that audio animatronic is, is mm-hmm. so spectacular. Right. Uh, that even if someone has no interest in King Kong, it's worth going on it just to see that audio animatronic in it. Right. Um, uh, so it's it, it, it would be I think it would be a tough balancing act for the theme park because they have you know they, they've utilized that type of um, effort to bring King Kong to life in that way. Right. Um, but on the same level, you do you would want to experience the the, the film. Uh, uh, you know, the, the film version of it. Um, it but I, I really like that idea. It would be interesting how they would, how they would do that with, with the attraction that's there now. Josh? Yeah, that would be cool. I mean, that what you uh, mentioned something with, uh, you know, whether it was virtual reality or 3d mm-hmm. glasses, like being up on the top of the empire state building and looking down, that would be pretty incredible. Yeah. That's yeah. something that I thought about. Do you think? Do you think that maybe they would incorporate that type of scene, and maybe like what we were speaking about earlier? Perhaps if it's not just a King Kong specific, um, uh, like a Universal, you know, classic movie house on some levels. So they would incorporate that amongst other type of movies, maybe from the era. Uh, well, know, they could do a be, King Kong and Godzilla thing. Yeah. Oh, that's see, that's that would be really exciting and cool. Yeah. I know that was a better idea than mine. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 it's a fantastic we, idea. We're, we're building on the ideas. It's, That's yeah. true. That's great. Josh, what's your uh, next selection tonight? All right, so the last idea I came up with um, was actually Home Alone. So uh-huh. when I was thinking about this one, um, I think there's a couple of different ways you can go about it. Obviously, a, a lot of iconic scenes, but I thought. You know, what What if you did something from the perspective of uh, Harry and Marv where they're trying to actually enter the house? Um, and so you've got sort of like those iconic like back steps, right, where they take a couple steps down and, uh, you know, he kind of falls in the stairwell at that back door. 
Right. And the, you know, the house itself actually could be a walkthrough of, you know, starting down in the basement and then slowly trying to make your way up, um, mm-hmm. you know, into the upper levels of the house. And so, um, you know, it's a couple of, of iconic things to think about. You know, you've got um, the, uh, you know, keep the change, you filthy animal. <laughs> you've got, you know, the radiator down in the basement. You've got the swinging paint cans. You've got uh, the Hot Wheels on the floor. So it's like, how do you almost recreate like a, a 90s upper class house around Christmas time, right? You could have the Christmas lights and everything. And right. um, and again, you know, I think the common theme of all this, you know, the music and the score to go along with it, right? It's mm-hmm. yeah. so much nostalgia packed into that. So um, I thought something like that could be really fun. What are your thoughts? And that, that's a good idea. And that's definitely something outside the box. It's not something I would have thought of, but the way you describe it, I could see working. And Neil, you were talking earlier about the idea of scares during a horror house walkthrough. Well, here, it wouldn't be scares. But if you look at it from the perspective, Josh, that you're describing of the criminals trying to break into the house, they can make you, the person walking through, feel like you're going to become victim to the same things that the characters were, like cans of paint swinging at your head. Of course, it's not going yeah. to hit you, but could right. make you jump back and create an actually a, a rather interactive experience, which is pretty cool. Yeah, and that way, you know, you never really see Kevin. Maybe he's always one step ahead of you, right? You hear his right. voice coming from, like, the next room or something. Yeah, and, and also, we, we know with the theme parks, uh, you know, the holiday season is, is such a big time for the theme parks that this is something that could be incorporated around that holiday time frame. I mean, I, I really think this would be a gigantic hit uh, uh, mm-hmm. if they were, they were able to, to bring that in at a time that's already getting crowds, but it would, it would even... Yeah, you know, I, I think I really think it would be very exciting. I agree completely. Great choice, Josh. Great, great, great selections tonight. And by the way, we have come to this. <laughs> no, it's fun. It's fun to think about. Yeah. And once Neil and I give our final selections tonight, I'm going to just sum up. I'm making a list here as we go through them, and I, it, as I'm looking at it on my screen now, it's very impressive. Uh, so Neil, that's a lot of pressure. What do you got for your next house? Singing in the rain, I thought would be something that'd be really fun. Um, that's good. Uh, it's my favorite musical, and I um. Uh, there's so many scenes in that that I think would just uh, be a lot of fun to experience uh, in a more immersive way and uh, the music is terrific and I I just really really think that Singing in the Rain would be really cool and um, and I I love Gene Kelly so it would just be it would be really cool to see how they incorporate this Um, then uh, on a totally different note uh, for another house we were saying that uh, you know, uh, a house from the, you know, movie in the uh, more modern era. And I know there is an attraction based on this that I happen to really like, and that's Fast and the Furious. And I love the movies. As listeners know, I love the uh, Fast and Furious franchise. Um, and uh, now I think you could really separate the ride from the film. I think it's important to know that I, the last I checked, I think Fast and Furious franchise is still Universal Pictures' highest grossing franchise of all time. And uh, it's still a hit. And I think if you take it just from like the first movie alone, and you could do other movies, different years, Tokyo Drift, and have different scenes. But I really think between you know Toretto's Garage, the house, a street race scene, um, there's so many different fun ways of incorporating this that I'd also be really curious to see how Universal would do this in a non-ride setting. I happen to really, really like the ride. I'd be curious how they take sort of, you know, you know, a full throttle, you know, action scene and incorporate that into a house, um, or this type of concept. 
And I, I just think that would be a, a lot, a lot of fun to, uh, to, to sort of experience it, you know, following the, the, you know, the script of the movie in a way. Yeah, the Fast and Furious attraction at Universal, as you know, is very controversial. I'm not a huge fan of it. Neither is Joe from the podcast. Neil, you love it. <laughs> you, Scott, you, you wrote it the first time I ever wrote it. You were you were next to me. It was for me. It was pure joy. <laughs> yes. Now, don't get me wrong. I'll go on it every time I'm at the park, but I'm not crazy about it. This gives Universal an opportunity to right the wrongs. <laughs> I. Yeah, we disagree on. We disagree. I, I like that ride. No, no, you do, you do. Uh, I, I think I it's a good movies. choice. I, I, I could see uh, that's actually something else I considered putting on my list tonight. I, I didn't put it on the list, but I could see how it would work. For my final selection tonight, what I actually did was I thought about something that Walt Disney tried to accomplish when he was designing Disneyland and what the Disney Company has done with Walt Disney World which is the idea of providing education through entertainment. And at Disney World, for example, we see that at Epcot. And uh, even going to Disneyland, we see that with many of their attractions. Great that moments they of Mr. Lincoln. Great moments of Mr. Lincoln is one that I was thinking of, exactly. And a film that I think could do that here at Universal is Forrest Gump. And the reason I say that is because the movie – is a nonstop tour through some of the most famous moments in American history yeah. with some of the most famous people in American history and not just in politics, but in pop culture as well. So there could be a scene just like in Forrest Gump where Elvis Presley is teaching Forrest Gump how to dance and, and, and move his body. Uh, you could do something with Elvis. You could do something with John Lennon. You could do something at the Lincoln Memorial where, um, Jenny jumps in the reflecting pool and runs towards Forrest as he's speaking in front of the Lincoln Memorial. Uh, that and a whole host of other th scenes, I think, would lend themselves well to a house. And I think that would that's a film that is popular among people of my generation. I was born in 1980. I remember going to see that at the movie theaters. And even people younger than me, that's now become such a staple in American cinema that I think all ages would have an interest in it and want to see it. And I think if done right, could educate as well as entertain. So, uh, Josh, what's your take on Forrest Gump as a potential film here to use? And yeah, use? I love the idea, and I love how you uh, how you tied in the historical aspect because you know I think this idea, whether it's Forrest Gump or or you know something else, it's it's like a more uh, a more modern take on on contemporary history from you know the nineteen. 50s or 60s on awesome. one of the great ping pong movies of all time it is a great ping pong movie <laughs> that'd, be great yeah, that'd be a great scene actually yeah. i could see that working well yeah <laughs> maybe we revisit this idea down the line and uh we can share a whole bunch of other ideas because i think the possibilities are endless with this there's people that would have i mean even though it's tv series would would choose game of thrones that would choose oh. soprano uh, this was a great idea i love these sort of theme park imagineering episodes that gets us to put on our hats as theme park fans and uh i i think it's really awesome so great great idea for tonight's episode yeah absolutely yeah, it's great, for having great now we're going to turn it over to our stuff we love segment this is the part of the show where tonight josh neil and i are going to be telling you about something we are enjoying right now could be a movie a tv show a book a video game anything in the world so we're going to start it off with uh, Josh tonight. Josh, what is something that you love right now? 
All right. Well, you guys know that I love food. Um, and so you know, this, this next item has really helped me get through the quarantine. It is called kettle pizza. And what it is, is it's an attachment for your grill. Um, it sits right on top of the grates. Um, and uh, it essentially uh, creates a pizza oven out of your existing grill. So it's, it's not its own, uh, you know, completely separate freestanding oven or anything like that. Right. You have your traditional pizza stone that sits on top of the grates, and then that is essentially encapsulated by a stainless steel um, like uh, metal casing around it. And what that allows it to do is it allows the uh, you know, the metal piece to heat up very, very, very hot. It allows the pizza stone to stay slightly cooler than the rest of the oven, but also get very, very hot. Mm-hmm. And what you do is you know you can make pizzas at your house. Um, and it makes, you know, thin crust, crispy, absolutely delicious pizzas that cook in, uh, you know, five or six minutes. And, uh, this is something that my family has been using. Uh, we got it a few months ago. We have our, uh, weekly pizza night. Now, uh, we have a dough recipe. We break it up into four different pizzas and, um, just, you know, whatever we have around the house, we play around with different toppings and make four different pizzas each time. And it, it's delicious. It's fun. It's a great activity if you've got kids. And so, you know, we've made cheese pizza for the kids, eggplant parm. We've done mushroom and garlic, broccoli rob, you know, as simple or as adventurous as you want to get. But, you know, it actually has replaced ordering in pizza for us. Wow. um, And and really delivers a a delicious pie. Josh, let me ask you a question with this, because I've honestly never heard of this. And as you're talking, I'm at the website and I'm blown away by this. Um, is there any way to buy like pre-made dough? So you can buy pre-made dough from a lot of grocery stores. Um, you know, some of them have fresh dough, probably more often than not, uh, you could buy frozen pizza dough. This is what a lot of people use at their houses to make like calzones or strombolis. Um, but you can, you know, take that pizza dough, I think leave it out for five or six hours. It'll defrost on your counter. Um, and, uh, you know, that works as well. We did that once when we couldn't get our hands on yeast. Um, but since then, you know, we do have a, uh, a pizza dough recipe. We make the dough the night before, um, you know, it, it rises overnight and then it's ready to go, you know, you know, about 20 or so hours later. So it takes a little bit of planning ahead to make the dough the night before, but, um, you know, when, when it's built into your week and you kind of know Friday night or Saturday night is pizza night, uh, you you don't forget. (laughs) And getting the pizza off of the grill, does it come with a thing like you see in a pizzeria? Peel. They have what's yep. that? Pizza peel. Pizza peel, yeah. Exactly. So it comes with a pizza peel. Um, I think the the kit that we got came with a wooden one, and you can also upgrade to a metal one. Um, wow. The wooden one, you can tell over time it'll warp a little bit, which makes it harder to get the pizzas off. But um, that is how how we do it with you know with the peel, and you know. Little tip, what we do is we actually prepare the pizzas on parchment paper. We put them in for uh, two two-minute rotations on the parchment paper. And then for that last two minutes, we actually take the parchment paper out and we let the pizza sit directly on the stone. And so that allows you to kind of shift it around a little bit better and right. rotate it without sticking. But then it gives you that last two minutes to make it you know, super crispy um, before you take it out. Awesome. Josh, great recommendation tonight. Yeah, Check Josh. it out. I couldn't recommend it enough. Yeah, I saw the photos uh, from a couple of weeks ago when, uh, when you first got it. 
uh, was it a couple weeks ago? Or, yeah, 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 about I mean, a couple months ago. Yeah. But I, we were bragging. They look good, right? They looked phenomenal. Uh, they really looked phenomenal. Uh, yeah. Josh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Neil. I mean, no, 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 no. I mean, they, they looked terrific. They really did. Josh, one last question on this. Did you order yours from Amazon or from the website, Kettle Pizza? We ordered ours through Amazon. Mm-hmm. I want, and I want to say it was maybe somewhere around maybe $200 or so right. for you know, the stone, the, uh, the outer metal casing, the peel. Uh, I think it came with a couple gloves. Um, so, yeah, it was a complete kit. Awesome. But, it, but it's great. You know, in a world where you just keep getting more and more uh, household items and appliances, this is something that you know, while it does take up space, it sits on your existing grill. So, uh, you know, it it is nice from that perspective. Cool. Great, great recommendation tonight, Josh. Thank you. Absolutely. Neil, what do you got? Well, uh, to keep up with the culinary theme here, even though I'm, uh, just learning really, uh, how to really utilize the kitchen, uh, uh, given the circumstances out there, uh, there's a brand called Nordic wear, uh, they, you can go to their website. They also sell a lot of Nordic Wear products uh, at Target and uh, at Target's website online. And I've really enjoyed utilizing them. They, they're very good price points. Uh, for our theme park fans out there, there is a collaboration with Disney for some of their products. I, I think they have a lot of frozen. They have like a frozen uh, a cookie sheet and really enjoying it. Great price point. And uh, they even had something fun is uh, they have uh, like – a, a cakelet set of skulls, and it's, I think, a very popular item of theirs. And so that was one night I did that and decorate it, uh, and it's really, they came out great, and it's just a lot of fun. I mean, you can utilize it for Halloween, things like that, but you can also, it's just, a, it's just kind of fun uh, to do, and just really happy, and very, very affordable, and, uh, and, and a high-quality product. That's great, Neil. Thank great you. recommendation tonight. Thank you. So. Scott. For- Tell Yeah. For my stuff we love tonight, a few episodes ago, back on episode number 48, I interviewed uh, Jay and Ella, who are from Universally Speaking, which is this great Universal Studios Orlando social media presence. They're on Instagram and Twitter, and their content is great. And my stuff we love recommendation tonight is their YouTube channel, which launched not too long ago and which features Jay and Ella on camera talking about various topics related to Universal Studios Orlando. They're, they're fans of it, and they frequent the parks there. Uh, they also were very kind to include the Stuff We Love podcast episode in which I interviewed them on the YouTube channel, so we're very appreciative of that. And I really like watching their videos. They have a great presence, and um, I find what they say to be very interesting and fun. So uh, we're going to link to that in the show notes for this episode. And, Neil, I know you follow universally speaking online too and uh yeah they're you're a fan they're, of their uh, content yeah i'm uh, really enjoying uh their discussions and uh yeah their content and uh it's something to look forward to uh to, to see what they're posting and to have that universal discussion ongoing yeah what i like about their stuff that they post online is that i follow so many people who are big fans of just walt disney world and they post tons of disney world stuff and that's great i love it i think universally speaking is one of the first social media presences that I followed online, which is really almost exclusively devoted to Universal Studios. And I'm a fan, obviously, of Universal. And I love looking at their content because it takes me to Universal Studios. I'm so used to the Disney stuff to now be getting something on a regular basis that is tied almost exclusively to Universal Studios Orlando is a lot of fun and makes me feel connected to that 
theme park as well. So uh, that's my Stuff We Love recommendation tonight. And, and Josh, want to thank you again for coming on the show tonight. This has been a lot of fun. This is great, Josh. Thanks, man. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. This was a blast. Like to tell our audience where they could find the podcast online. We're on Twitter at Stuff We Love Pod, on Instagram at Stuff We Love Podcast. We have a Facebook page and a YouTube page. Uh, there's not that much content so far on the YouTube page, but I'm looking to really get going with that in the near future. You can write to us, Stuff We Love Podcast at gmail.com. Our website is www.stuffwelovepodcast.com. And please leave us those good five star reviews on iTunes. It makes it easier for others to find the podcast. And I want to wish all of our audience well. Hope you're staying safe. We're going to go around the table one more time. I am Scott. I'm Neil. And I'm Josh. And this has been the Stuff We Love podcast.